a Podcast One production. This is The Game Plan with Dr Nick Krasner and last episode we talked about reprogramming your brain to create your goal and in this episode we continue with the tug of war of life. Dr Nick, this fourth step in the series is all about focusing on the big picture, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the tug of war of life, I always think of life as a bit of tug of war. Uh, We're in a very what's called dualistic world. We, We have good and bad, fear and love. And if you think about your life, you're always being pulled towards being the best person you can and the worst person you can or the the thing you fear most. Uh, And it's trying to win that tug of war. Some of what we're doing now, often when I see patients or clients, they've been focusing on what they don't want in their life. So it's almost like you've got 10 men on one side of the rope and nobody on the other side. So by just creating a vision of where you might want to go, suddenly we've put at least two of those men from the from the side going where you don't want to go onto the other side. So it's not only have you got two people on the right side, on the side you want to go to, but we've lost two on the other. So by, by doing a little change, we've suddenly gone from 10 to 8-2. So a difference of 10 has gone to a difference of 6. And so by keep doing all these changes, sooner rather than later, actually, things can start heading in the right direction. I actually like calling it the circle of grace. Everyone's heard of a vicious circle, you know, one bad thing leads to another thing that leads to another thing. And I think the same is true in a positive way, that one good thing can lead to another good thing. And suddenly you get this prominence happening that uh, your life is just on a roll and it's just working really well. I call that the grace of life. In between those two things, there's often quite a bit of work and then a bit of lag time. So patience is very important in all of this as well. So now we've built up a lot of positive images in our minds about how we want our future to look like. And now it's about shedding the negative and the past. Yeah. And again, this is a choice. Which do you want to do? No one's telling you you have to shed any of the past, but you have a choice to lose part of your belief structure um, and gain a new belief structure in line of where you want to go. The bottom line is no belief structure is entirely true. It's just a belief structure. So in this episode, we'll be going through five steps. Number one, making your big goal as real as possible. Number two, relaxing and meditating. Number three, imagining being there now and making your big goal the biggest thing in your mind. Number four, bringing in others to celebrate, including your inner child and having gratitude. And number five, repeat. Yeah, so uh, I think an easier episode than a lot of our other ones. Um, I don't think life was meant to be that complicated. Starting with number one, making your big goal as real as possible. What sort of tactics can we use to do that? Well, again, it's so this is carrying on from the episodes beforehand. We talked about making this goal big in your mind so you can imagine it. So if you imagine watching on a iPhone or a little tablet and you're watching it as if it's true, compare that to then imagining it being on a television screen to being on an IMAX screen or for it taking over the whole galaxy. So in your imagination, you want to be there, make it so big and walk around and so real that, you know, you could be at a party in five years time and um, it may be that you want to be a top actor. So your favourite 
actor or actress comes over to talk to you uh, and tell you how wonderful your film was and how proud they were that you got the Oscar, etc. And you can almost feel that you're holding the Oscar in your hand and you're looking right at the Oscar and you can see the face of the Oscar. It's that close to your mind. And you can smell your partner's aftershave or um, perfume on you as they lean over you and give you a beautiful kiss to say, well done. So you're making it so real. As we mentioned in an earlier episode, it's like in your house, you know the colour of your drapes. You know it to the point that if it was a shade off, it wouldn't be right. So again, this is a process. The more you do it, it will keep changing. Nothing's set in stone and it becomes more and more vivid for you. All your senses will become more and more vivid. So when you do it, there'll be a greater smell, greater taste, uh, greater sounds, greater feelings, both physically and emotionally, and obviously a greater picture there. And we make it bigger and bigger as if it's a, uh, as if we were watching it on an IMAX or it's just taken over the whole world. How does doing that sort of visualisation actually psychologically help us to achieve our goal? What's actually going on in our brains when that happens? Well, what we're doing is we're creating an alternative um, ending to to the film that is your life, in a sense. We're, what we're doing is we're saying this is a possible future for you and we're putting it into the subconscious. Your subconscious has already got a, a potential future for you and in most cases it's a future you don't want. And it's saying, no, this is what, what you can do. This is how you can be. And also, if you've got all those positive, lovely emotions, it changes how you are because it's amazing how um, how we can change our mindset within a split second. I mean, sitting here talking to you now, if I, if I said to you, Liv, you're going to go off to Tahiti, I think that was your place of choice, and you're going to be on the beach with your boyfriend and, and you're sitting there having a Mai Tai or whatever cocktail you want, uh, how would you feel at the moment just thinking that? Relaxed. <laughs> a bit tipsy. A bit tipsy, relaxed, <laughs> happy. And I said, but before you go, you've got to do an examination. That we've, we've done an exam. If you don't pass the exam, unfortunately, everyone's going to be looking at you as if you're, you know, you failed. How would you feel? Not good. Not good. So I've just changed your emotion within seconds. Just yeah. by, So it's quite incredible to, to do things like that. Um, one thing that a lot of uh, very good speakers do is when they go out and give a talk, they mentally don't go out as if they're about to give a talk. They mentally go out as if the talk's already happened and they've got a standing round of applause and it's been the best talk and the whole audience has loved the talk. So in other words, if you're going out to give a speech and you don't, you're a bit nervous, you think, oh my God, this person may not say anything. The audience may hate me. I may forget my lines. You can imagine the energy going out. But if you actually don't think of any of that and you think, at the end of the speech, I can see the whole audience. They, they're on their feet. They're clapping. It's been a great talk. I'm smiling on stage. I feel wonderful. And you walk out in that energy. You can see the difference and you're more likely to make it happen. So we often start at the end and then walk through the paces. My mind does do that if I have to give a speech or do anything. It often goes to the worst case scenario. Is that Na quite natural for us to think it, like it's that? It's very common. In fact, to an extent, uh, there's a medical term called catastrophizing. Uh, and it is part of depression and anxiety, whereby if there's a million different options and one is bad and the rest are all good, you focus on the one bad one. Um, so we always have a choice what we focus on. And I think it's very important. 
I mentioned in an earlier episode, my mentor used to say, be a good gardener of your thoughts. So you can walk out on stage thinking it's all going to go horribly wrong and see the energy there. But you could choose to acknowledge, my brain has just told me that it's, it could all go wrong. But what I'm going to focus on is the end and then go, right, my energy now is I'm at the end. Oh, let's imagine being there, standing up, the whole crowd is applauding. This feels great. Oh, I love that. Oh, look at that. My boyfriend's there. Oh, he looks cute today. Or my girlfriend's there. Oh, she looks great. You know, and you've got all of that. And suddenly that's the energy you walk onto stage. Out of those two, which do you think you'll give a better speech to? Oh, absolutely. The latter. I guess... That does sort of tie in with the next step, which is step two, relaxing and meditating. So it's all about your frame of mind. Very important. Again, listeners may remember from um, one of our earlier episodes that we talked about the fact that there's a little bit of a committee. So anything I'm saying goes into your mind uh, and then everything you've learned beforehand will translate what I'm saying, whether it's useful or not useful. And if it doesn't fit in with your belief structure your belief structure will try and throw it away. So in other words, it's very hard to get a new belief structure because a belief structure wants to keep everything in there. And um, But there's two points in your, in your day when your belief structure or the committee spreads apart, either when you're very relaxed or very stressed. So we could do it in either, but of course being doing it as a relaxation is a much nicer way of doing it. And um, so... What you need to do to do this point, don't do it in the car, don't do it using equipment. Find a quiet space somewhere where you won't be interrupted for sort of 10, 15 minutes uh, so that you can meditate on this and do, and do this in a very relaxed, safe environment. So not using any equipment as in don't use any meditation apps or anything like that? Yeah, you can. I mean, when I... When I do this, I actually create a meditation. So say I do this for uh, for a patient or a client, what I do is I do all the hard work myself, you know, going into them, and I will find out sort of the inner child moments, what they want for their future. Um, we put in lots of other um, positive things like how the person will eat, the, fact, the way the body will work, and we start to change things around that, and we make that into a meditation tape for about 10, 15 minutes, and then the person listens to it. So you're welcome to do that as well as a meditation tape. It's a great way of doing it. The other way is to have pictures and things like that. You may find a piece of music that helps do that, but you need to be in a very quiet, relaxed environment. And don't judge it. That's very important. A lot of people do like a meditation for 10, 15 minutes and they go, it's great today. And then the next day, it's not so good. It's not something to to have an opinion about. Just do it. Keep doing it regularly, which will take us to point five in, uh, later on in this podcast. So for someone listening to this podcast episode, what's a really simple meditation that they could do at home? Well, an easy one is just to slow down the breathing. We, most of us actually hyperventilate, breathe too fast. Now, we know hyperventilation when it's, it's a quick thing and then somebody breathes really, but we often chronically hyperventilate. So often breathing in for three, holding for three, and breathing out for three. There are different things. Some people breathe in for three, hold for four, and breathe out for five. But slowing the breathing down, just imagine yourself breathing and then just going through all your muscles and just relaxing each muscle as if it's a, uh, a sail on a sailing boat and you're unhooking each of your muscles from your legs, your back, your arms, your head, and doing that. And that starts to relax. 
some people have different colors. So it may be worth our listeners thinking, is there a color in my head that represents relaxation? And is there a color that represents stress? And if there is, every time you breathe out, imagine the top of your head say, stress is black. So black smoke comes out your head and your shoulders. And maybe a turquoise color comes in as you breathe in and it's taking that and it's bringing that energy into your body. So you're becoming this beautiful turquoise sea-like entity. Number three, imagine being there now and make your goal the biggest thing in your mind. What, how do we actually do that? Well, so as you're now lying and you're relaxing, it's very important that uh, it, there it is in your mind. It's big. It's the IMAX picture. It's like you're watching the film. Sometimes when you're watching a film, you're so into the film, it's like you, you know, you're sitting next to Harrison Ford or, um, and that's what you've got to be and you've got to participate. So when you're lying there, you can imagine yourself. There you are, you know, on the beach, maybe say a sports star playing volleyball or uh, on a jet ski. So you can imagine being on the jet ski going left and right. Uh, You can even start to role play. Role playing is great, which is why kids are so good at this, because kids have no, no trouble whatsoever just pretending. And you just make it that you're there. You're there now. Here I am. You know, you may want to be a top uh, singer. So there you are getting your Grammy Award and you've been asked to sing and you're on stage and everyone's singing and you're belting out the song and you are there. You can smell the microphone. You can smell the sweat of the roadies who brought the microphone in for you to play with. It's that real. And you keep focusing and the more real you make it, the better. And again, as we said earlier, the more you bring in all your different senses, the more real it gets. To the extent where you can actually see if the, there's a chip on the microphone because somebody dropped it, then you can see that chip. That's how real it is. I'm just thinking about the big CEO that used to have two-year-old tantrums that you mentioned in an earlier episode, doing this sort of role play. And it's it's hard to get into, I imagine, for, for people like that. And, you know, it's not, not everybody can just easily do that role play. It is. And I think one of the sad things is we all naturally do it as children. I think it's a natural thing. And then in a sense, we pretend to be adults for the next 40, 50 years and lose what really makes us human. And so, of course, do the best you can to do this and maybe little and often. Again, it goes back to the don't judge it. And um, if you're doing it by yourself, the first 10 times you do it may not be great, but that's fine. It's no one's judging you. It's uh, I'm pleased don't judge yourself. This is not there. This is about moving on. If you think about it, the future that you really want to go into, would you be judging yourself harshly for doing this? Or is that a judgment from the old you that hasn't really got what you really want? And then number four, we sort of touched on in the last episode. Yes. Um, so, I mean, step four is bring others to celebrate. So we talked about bringing your inner child, your five-year-old, your 16-year-old, maybe your eight-year-old, 20, all to the party to play. But there may be other people that you really want at that party who may or may not be alive at this point in the sense that obviously you may want children to come to the party and you've not had children, but that's one of your big goals. It may be that some of your relatives aren't with us anymore, but the spirit of the relatives are there. So maybe the spirits of your mum or your dad or whoever is there with you celebrating this big goal. And of course, you you don't want that goal to be by yourself. You don't want to have a big party and there's just you sitting, uh, eating crisps on a table by yourself. Much more fun to have everyone around and having a wonderful time. 
And, and I think that's so important. You're bringing people together because we, we have to remind ourselves that at the beginning, when we look at the goals, most human beings want goals that impact positively on other people. That it's not about me, it's it's about me being the best I can to help others. Often we find the more we focus on doing the right goal, our ego goes away. And it's it's about our purpose. And our purpose, I think, as human beings is, is to help others. And you mentioned having gratitude as well as part of step four. So how do we tie that in? Well, I think gratitude is very important. I mean, in reality, do we ever really do anything ourselves. I mean, we've got two arms, two legs. Did we create those? Um, we have our education. We were born because of our parents. There is so much to be grateful for. And I think the more we're grateful for things in our lives, uh, first of all, our mood changes. So you can have a bad day and go, I've got backache. But luckily you've got, it reminds you that you're alive. It, you've, you've also not got arm ache or leg ache or, or, or headache. All these things is not due to us. And the more we can be grateful, the more we can be thankful for what we've been given. Actually, our energy changes as well. So I do a gratitude list. Just five things you're grateful for today. It's quite a useful thing. Just jot down five things. It might be the fact that you're able to jot things down. It might be the fact that it's a sunny day, that there's oxygen in the room, that you've got food to eat, uh, that you've got the ability to listen to a podcast. But by doing that, the more grateful you are, the more positive things will come into your life. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to do that. And finally, number five, repeat all of those steps. Regularly, what, how often would you say? Okay, so again, we're in the tug of war of life. We're, we've got our two DVDs playing in the player. So generally speaking, people mention sort of 21 days uh, things really change on the subconscious. I suggest twice a day, every day for at least a month do this it takes 10 15 minutes to do it uh do it in a quiet place it could do before you go to bed or before you get up you can still keep doing it after that i know people who'll do it for one month six months year and it can keep changing it becomes more and more real for you and it does change your energy as well I say this to save my patients quite a lot. Why should your car get checked up more often than yourself? And I think we need to be checked up physically, but psychologically we need to be checked up as well. Once you realise that we're being mentally programmed all the time and our future depends on it, surely you want to be programmed by yourself and your own choices than by the world at large. Because only you know what you really want. And the more you understand that your mind's thinking stupid things and crazy things and that your belief is my life's going to end up not where I want it, well, yeah, you can have that. But there is an alternative where you choose what you really do want and you start to do the right things and put it into your, into your mind and start to make it happen. The important thing about repeating and doing things regularly is the same in the mind as it is as a physical exercise. If I said to you, I'm going to do some stuff on you um, in the gym, I'm going to teach you how to do this, that, or the other, you'll never need to do exercise again and you'll have the perfect body forever on, you'd probably realize that I'm not telling the truth. Uh, same with the brain. I think as much as we need to go to the physical gym three, four times a week to sort out our physical body, we need to do the same with the mind. It's an ongoing, lifelong, daily thing. We're either getting fitter or fatter every day, both physically or psychologically. And this is something that we can come back to if, say, after a few months, we feel like we're sort of 
off going off track a bit, we can come back to that two times a day for one month thing again? Absolutely. I mean, the re- reality of it all is people feel really good doing this and focusing on their goals. And I would continue doing it at least at least once or twice a week after that, if not every day, if you can. The perfect thing to do would just be to do it every day, like brushing your teeth. Uh, again, it can change bit by bit. So part of it might be, I want to have a really fit, healthy body. You haven't figured out how it's going to happen. And after a while, you realize that yoga is a thing for you. So within your mindset and within your imagination you may then start doing yoga in your brain and imagine yourself doing the poses and being able to do things you couldn't do before and so it changes and it evolves and becomes more real for you it all sounds really positive and really easy a lot easier than i thought actually absolutely it's it's a little and often it's consistency that makes the change if you talk to a lot of people who you might call successful you'll find that they do things like that. They may do it naturally. They may not sort of prescribe it to themselves in that way. But a lot of them will spend time just focusing, imagining, doing these things and creating it. And that's why they've got to where they've got to. Going over those five points that we talked about, number one, making your big goal as real as possible. Number two, meditating and relaxing. Number three, Imagining being there now and making the goal the biggest thing in your mind. Number four, bringing in others to celebrate, including your inner child and having gratitude for that. And number five, repeat. That's it. I told you this was going to be the easiest episode. So what's next? Well, one of the questions you may see. So if I do all that, everything will just come to me. Uh, unfortunately we then have to put some actions in place so uh, episode five is about what actions do you need to make to make your dream come true the game plan with dr nick krasner is recorded at the studios of podcast one australia produced and edited by Liv proud audio production by darcy thompson executive producer is jamie show for more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or look us up on iTunes. 